Hi, everybody. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show. I'm here, as always, with my good friend and wonderful podcaster, Mr. Rich Baxter. Rich. Another edition of the Baseball Talk How are you, Rich? Doing I'm great, Gary. How about Mr. yourself Rich today? Baxter. Well, Rich, I'm hearing myself for some reason playing back on a delay. Yeah, sorry uh, about that. I, I just turned it down. My alternate, okay. <laughs> my alternate studio I'm at, I'm not used to all these new controls. I get it. I get it. I have that problem myself sometimes. Uh, you know, I'm doing good, Rich. Uh, how about you? Uh, our teams each lost a pitcher. I guess, uh, I guess you might say the loss of... Uh, uh, my pitcher was more hurtful to the team than yours, but uh, we're both a guy down now. Yeah, Jacob DeGrom uh, taking the plunge here uh, before the big Christmas holidays here, a couple weeks before it. And um, another player that sort of went with the money, so to speak. Uh, very few of these players anymore, Gary, are, are team um, loyal anymore they're following the money and you know uh rich uh, how true is that but they they want loyalty from the team but they don't give anything back to the owners or the fans and uh you know good riddance i mean he, he can go uh no sour grapes because he left but uh at least he could have gave the mets a chance to the reports are so far that he never gave them a chance to counter uh, act to make another offer. He never told them that he was signing, that they found out through the mail. I mean, through the uh, uh, news. Um, so, uh, I mean, that that's a little, you know, I'm old school that way. That's tacky in my estimation. I don't like it when a guy gets traded and then bad mouths his old team. Or he signs a contract and bad mounts his other team. Not, not that he did, but uh, he didn't even contact them to say, hey, uh, look, I'm going to sign with the uh, Texas Rangers. They had to find out the other way. So, um, I, you know, good luck to him. Good luck to Texas. Uh, he's going to be collecting a lot of money, but he's also going to be collecting some splinters on his butt and he'll be playing golf early in the year. Cause I don't see the Texas Rangers making the playoffs and he left the playoff team. So, uh, obviously it was all about money and greed and, um, actually the five years is what it's all about though. So I don't understand you, you, you know, three years at, uh, that he made 30 million here. That's not enough to set you up for the future. I love it when these guys sign a big contract after they got a big contract and they say, uh, um, you know, well, I'm doing it to secure my future. Come on. You just made 50 million bucks the last two years. That didn't, you couldn't secure your future and your family's future. How far in the in the freaking future do you want to go with your fan? I mean, it's crazy. It's it's nuts. But you know, good luck and uh, may the force be with you and all of that. Uh, yeah. At least we got him out of the league. 
Yeah, five years, $185 million. You, you can't fault them for going for that. I think Texas is crazy for signing them for that long. He's 35 this season for 2023. So they're signing until 40 years old, uh, $185 million. He can go nowhere but possibly down. He's had a lot of injury um, breaks in his career so far. I mean, you know that as well as anybody with the, with the Mets. Uh, career war last year was 1.4. His record was five wins and four losses and 11 starts. So that wasn't the Jacob deGrom that, you know, was of the previous couple years for sure. That's right. 2021 wasn't much better. He only started, I don't know how many games. Uh, uh, you can probably find it there. But, uh, you know, the last two years, he's 15 games. He started 26 games in the last two years. And, uh, you know, uh, 12 games in 2020. But that was a strike short in year, so that's hard to tell. That looks like a full year there. But, um you know what? They offered him the money. He took it. So, uh, you know, it, it, it makes it, i tell you one thing. It makes it clearer for the Mets now going into uh, the winter meetings, which start today. So hopefully we'll see some action this week uh, with teams signing uh, either free agents or making some trades. And uh, hopefully our teams will be involved in that. But uh, that's the first big domino to fall, if you will. Uh, the first big free agent to sign, and now we'll wait and see because now that now the market should explode with Verlanda and Rodon and uh, the offers for them. Um, where will they go? I mean, you know, Verlander is forty years old, but he's coming off a of Tommy John surgery and, and didn't miss a beat. The one that saw young this year. So, um, you know, he may have a couple more years left in him. So will he get that kind of money? Will he get a three-year deal? I could understand if almost a three-year deal for DeGrom. And I think that's what the way the Mets were going. Um, five years, though. Wow. Big chance. But as I say, yeah, you know. He went for the money, and I just, uh, uh, again, I go back to the loyalty question that these players complain that they get no loyalty from the team, uh, from the owners, but they show none back. So um, that's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, it's uh, just part and parcel of uh, what we've seen with, just about every free agent uh, of the last, you know, multi-hundred million dollar contracts. They're not really traveling to teams that they want to be on necessarily. It's the highest bidder. Um, Texas, I think they're out of their minds. I would have never signed him for that long and that much money, not in a million years. I mean, $185 million, maybe four or five years ago, but not now. Um, so best of luck to the Texas Rangers. And as you said, he's out of the NL East. We won't hear much of him. <laughs> so that's okay. As long as he didn't go to Atlanta or 
in my case, they didn't go to Philadelphia or he didn't go to uh, Miami. I'm happy that uh, he's at, not only is he out of our division, he's out of our league. So we don't have to worry about him in case he uh, makes a full recovery and gets back to where he was uh, pitching, you know, the pitcher of old, but we're only going to see him uh, now with the new crazy schedule. We're going to see every team, but you may not get them in the rotation, you know? So, um, and if you see him once or twice a season, that'll be it. So that's fine with me. Uh, it, it's just, it was kind of a shocker in a way I have to say, because I, I, you know, the rumor was that he wanted to go closer to home if anywhere, and this is no closer to Florida, unless he's going to move to Texas, but, um, who knows, you know, like you said, it was the, he, he took the money and, and that's it. But now it'll open up everything for the rest of the winter meetings as they kick off today, Rich. And there's a lot of speculation out there, lots of rumors. And um, it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, of course, the Mets uh, in play for Carlos Rodon, uh, the Twins. Uh, maybe even the Phillies, who knows? The Phillies have a ton of money to spend, but I don't remember of a previous year with this many huge free agents like uh, Aaron Judge, Verlander, DeGrom, uh, Rodon. I don't remember a, a bumper crop of shortstops that are out there <laughs> like they are uh, going to command big salaries as well. There's yeah. a huge amount of top free agents available this year. Pretty amazing as as opposed to some previous years. Yeah, that's true. Uh, some years it's pretty dry, and I guess it just works out that way every now and then. And uh, this is a, a good year, and uh, I guess a good year to be a free agent. But uh, it, it's going to be an interesting week. Um, to watch it all unfold and see where our teams go. And, uh, you know, if sometimes it, things don't happen at the winter meeting, but it, it lays the groundwork for other things. Of course, fans get uh, antsy if the team comes back from the winter meetings and they haven't done anything as far as a trade or a signing or something. But again, sometimes it's just, laying the groundwork for future meetings and stuff but uh let's i hope things get done because it's always exciting to uh, have some new teammates uh come in and uh with the grom gone it's gonna mean uh a lot to sign to fill that slot so we shall see yeah and of course as you said the winter meetings kicking off in san diego a nice warm place in the country as um, here in the Northeast, we're starting to feel more like winter, of course, but uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, scuttlebutt out of there. It's being held at the Grand Hyatt in San Diego, California. And as you said, it started off today. So uh, I wonder who the next top free agent is that we'll hear about Aaron judge um, rumors that he may go to San Diego believe it or not. Yeah. Um, 
And of course, the Yankees still in play for him. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he signs. It, it certainly will. And once he goes, that's really going to open up the floodgates, I think, because uh, a lot of agents are probably waiting to see what kind of contract he gets. And then, uh, you know, they're going to base it off of that. Uh, though I don't know how you base it off of his contract because his contract's going to be enormous. But uh, they're going to try anyway. And uh, yeah, it, 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 it it's going to be interesting to see where he goes, where Brandon Nimmo goes. Well, Verlander, Rodon, um, the list goes Trey Turner and Carlos Correa. The twins are trying to keep Correa and putting up a a valiant fight. Uh, So, you know, as you said, that that bumper crop of shortstops that are out there and where anyone goes, uh, we'll find out uh, hopefully some of it this week and, and over the next few weeks as the winter goes on. Yeah. And today, of course, uh, the hall of fame contemporary era committee uh, is going to announce a vote at 8 PM over MLB network. And it's not the same as the uh, baseball writers vote. This is the um, veterans committee, so to speak. It's a 16 person committee the votes on a Hall of Fame candidate no longer on the baseball writer's ballot. So um, there's a number of different people that'll make this uh, selection here and 12 votes are required for induction. And it should be noted that each person on the committee can only cast three votes, meaning at most four players can be voted into the Hall of Fame by this contemporary era committee this year. So it'll be interesting to see um, who sneaks into the Hall of Fame uh, via the back door, (laughs) so to speak. Uh, There's eight players on the ballot. And listen to these names and tell me what you think. Albert Bell, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Don Mattingly, Fred McGriff, Dale Murphy, Raphael Palmero, and Kurt Schilling. Now, that's that's an interesting list. Yeah. First off, I think uh, Rafael Palmero has not got a good. Uh, he lied about the steroids and got caught, and so he's. I think he's out. Uh, Bonds and Clemens also were the steroid guys, of course. Uh, but neither one of them really ever got caught. Um. Um, the only issue is it's not the baseball writers that are voting these people in. There's yeah. Uh, here's a list of names that are voting them in: Chipper Jones, Greg Maddox, Jack Morris, Ryan Sandberg, Lee Smith, Frank Thomas, Alan Trammell. Those are Hall of Famers. There's only three media members that are involved in this voting, and then five or six executives. So. You could see Barry Bonds being elected into the Hall of Fame very easily with this group if they don't hold the same scruples as the writers. And I don't think they're going to. And Clemens as well, because, you know, uh, 
He's got the numbers. I think that would be a travesty because the baseball writers spoke. They did not elect these players. There was a good reason they did not elect them, even though towards the end there, they were getting higher vote totals. Um, it would be a travesty to elect the steroid gang in under this auspice, but we could very well see it tonight at 8 p.m. Yeah, well, I could see... I'm going to say um, if we skip the uh, the steroid idea, I could see Dale Murphy and Fred McGriff getting in. First huh. of all, you've got a, a couple of ex-Atlanta Braves on that uh, committee, there, and you've got um, guys that may have been teammates with them in uh, Glavin, I think. I don't know if he played with Murphy. I think he played with McGriff, though. Uh, and I'm sure Chipper Jones may have played with McGriff. I can't be positive about that. Uh, but that that's the first thing. Um, and, uh, you know, they had terrific careers. I mean, when you look at McGriff's numbers, they're on, they're unbelievable. And, um, the same thing Murphy had, you know, a shorter career but had uh, a, a bunch of years there that were terrific uh, just to where he was the best player in baseball, back-to-back MVPs. Manningly had enough, uh, uh, you know, had a, had a couple of years there too where he was uh, terrific. So he possibly could get in, but I, I could see Murphy and McGriff. Like you said, if they're a lot, if they're, you know, more forgiving. I could see Clemens and uh, uh, Bonds eventually getting in on one of these committees. They're going to get in. So, I mean, eventually, uh, I think it'll be more interesting to see what happens when they get inducted. Then, yeah. you know, how do, you, uh, do the other members welcome them in? But even that's changing. You know, uh, we just lost the Hall of, the Hall of Famer recently, Gaylord Perry, um, you know, 84 years old, rest in peace. And, uh, you know, we've lost a lot of Hall of Famers, and now the younger ones are the ones you see on, on the stage, you know, guys that we grew up with. So how are their attitude going to be towards... Um, uh, uh, Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens. So, you know, it's going to be contemporaries too. Don't forget if somebody faced Clemens, they're going to say, you know, probably that, that he, uh, you know, deserves to be in there as well as Bonds. But as Dylan says, the times they are changing rich and, and, uh, we'll see that the, the writers are getting younger and, uh, we have overturned some of those steroid writers and you get different writers in now. So it all, it all adds into it. Yeah. Some of these writers may never have seen some of these players play even, but uh, yeah, an interesting week on tap for baseball. As you said, the winter meetings Monday on MLB network at 8 PM, they're going to announce all MLB team. And then Tuesday is the MLB's first ever draft lottery. So uh, always a fun time, 8.30 p.m. Coming up on Tuesday, broadcast live. Um, check out 
your favorite team and who they'll be picking. Of course, it takes years for some of these players to make the big leagues if they even make it. But uh, and then Wednesday, the Rule Five draft is on uh, 5 p.m. Eastern uh, again on MLB Network. Um, they're going to stream an audio broadcast on MLB.com, but no video yeah. at Rule Five draft. OK. So very All interesting right. week coming up here in mm -hmm. addition to the winter meeting. So uh, even though baseball is in the offseason, everything's going on. A lot of things going on this week. And, you know, Rich, we were talking last show about the uh, advertising on the uniforms, if you recall. And now it's happened. The first oh. team has come out with it. The Boston Red Sox uh, jerseys are going to look different this year. They became the first MLB team to announce that they will wear advertisements, advertisements on their uniforms next season. The team will sport a patch from the insurance company Mass Mutual on its sleeves. It was reported in July that Mass Mutual will be paying $17 million for their real estate on a Sox's jersey. $17 million. So now, now we have to jump to the other side of the coin and say, well, if, if an owner is getting $17 million to put a logo on their jersey, um, why can't they sign a superstar then? You know, uh, um, though, I guess you got to put, the, you know, two logos on at these today's prices for players to sign a, a, a top guy at 34, 35 million. But um, they used to say that the ticket sales is what sold, uh, you know, uh, paid the salaries. Now we're seeing it's all this other outside income. And I mean, it is ridiculous. You know, they get money from naming rights of stadiums, uh, the ads on the walls. Um, there's money just flowing in all over the place. And I, I don't know. I, I think this is ridiculous. Uh, you know, as we talked about, you know, you look at these Latin American games and they got like things all over the helmets and all over the jerseys and, it's not for me, but I'm old school, so I guess that's what the deal is. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. I mean, to be old school, we grew up that way. We don't like to see ads on everything necessarily, and um, but that's the world we live in, even with the gambling and stuff like that. Uh, baseball used to be against it. Now they own part of these big gambling operations, so things change and evolve but um it's an interesting week in baseball that's interesting i can't wait to see our favorite teams with who they uh put the logos on i don't want to buy a jersey with one of those logos on it though that that would turn me off i'm not getting paid to advertise them <laughs> yeah you're not getting 70 part of that 17 million so i i don't think the ones that they sell will necessarily have the unless you you know, some people want everything exact, you know, so uh, there is a possibility if you get an authentic jersey, you may have the option. Um, I don't know. Stick to the good replicas then, I guess, folks, <laughs> they, they don't stick it on. 
thing that gets me about some of these replicas now, you know, I know they were selling it at, at the city field and for the life of me, it looked terrific and they put the number on and everything. Right. But they didn't put the number on the front. And I couldn't understand that for the life of me, why uh, the Mets have a number on the front and a number on the back. And for the life of me, I couldn't understand it. And people were buying these jerseys like crazy and they got the number on the back. I'm going, no, but it's not. I guess I have to have it. Well, the Even number, if it's a replica, I got to have it authentic. The number on that the makes front sense. and the number on the back is an authentic jersey. And they generally sell for three fifty, dollars uh, unless you get a sale on them. But if you do buy the replica, then you're not getting the number on front. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> well, I've got a replica from years ago and I've got the number on the front and the back. Yeah. And I got Mets musings on it. I got it even personalized. So. They've, they've changed things a little bit, but uh, uh, yeah. And, and that drives me nuts because that's not the way it's, if you're going to do it, even if it's making an authentic replica. I yeah. mean, you know, usually it's it's a, a vinyl number on the replica instead of a, a, an embroidered number or, you know, like they do have or whatever they call it, the Jersey Tackle Twill or whatever the heck it used to be. Uh, just do it right. Make it look the same as the player's jersey. Well, believe know? it or not, you know, to just a real quick story before we wrap it up, the Phillies made the World Series this year. And certain players went on sale with the official World Series patch with the number on front, the number on back, that sort of thing. Um, but it was only a couple of the players on the team. If you uh, wanted a, a secondary player, so to speak, not a superstar, you had to get a customized jersey made right. Right there at the stadium. So. And those customized jerseys, believe it or not, could not be returned. So once you got, say, a Thor jersey and you went home with it, you know, a Harper jersey, you could have returned in 14 days. But the Thor is known as a custom jersey, even though he's a player, non-returnable. Yeah. Uh, little little clause here and there. And one, one other one other complaint about the uh, the Jersey market, if you will, Yankee fans, if we have any Yankee fans out there, the Yankees do not have their name on the back of the Jersey. If you buy a Jersey, whether it's a replica or an authentic Jersey, and it has the player's name on it, don't buy it. Don't buy it. You know, 99 was judge. You don't need the name. It doesn't go with the uniform. It looks ridiculous. Or, or some, I saw a guy with number four, Garrick. Garrick never had it. it in fact, part of his career didn't have numbers until uh, later on. Babe Ruth, it's great to have a number three. I, I Even I would consider, because, you know, like, I think we've gone over my connection to Babe Ruth. Uh, I would have a Yankee jersey with three on the back, but no name. Right. Yankees don't have name, home or away. 
so you're 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 not doing it right you to me it makes you look like an an amateur yeah, yeah. <laughs> well we'll try to uh get another show out before the big christmas holiday uh enjoy your shopping out there if you're shopping for an authentic jersey like gary just mentioned or a hat or <laughs> you know, don't forget your favorite baseball fan out there they're easy to purchase gifts for of course and uh gary uh will will report on what we hear from the winter meetings in that next show yeah we will and hopefully uh there'll be lots of activity and we'll have a lot to talk about yes indeed well have a great week everyone we'll see you again on the next edition of the baseball talk radio show